Hi everybody and welcome to the Mental Toughness and Body Show. My name is Rob Evans and I'm your weight loss coach, health strategist and internationally published author, helping take your life, your business, your mindset, your body from where you are to where it is that you want to be. And today's topic is a little bit different to what we normally talk about, but I want to talk to you about what to do when security is threatened, when your security is threatened. Now this can come in, in many different forms. And I'll tell you why I'm talking about this topic in a moment. But it could be your, um, your physical security. It could be the security of your house. It could be um, stalkers. It could be um, all kinds of different things. Trolls on social media, etc., etc. Um, over my lifetime, I've been exposed to a few different unfortunate situations. And what I have learned is how we respond to these things is really, really important because ultimately what we want to do when there is a stress that is put on us because our security is threatened in some way, sometimes it's just a, it's a split second instant. Um, maybe it's a car coming towards you across the other side of the road. Maybe it's um, somebody pulling a weapon on you. Maybe it's uh, being mugged. Maybe it's somebody just threatening to uh, you know, hurt you in some way. Uh, you know, it happens very quickly and we can keep reliving the moment. And so the reason that this is topical uh, for me today is I was just on my way back home uh, from the park actually this evening and it's just on uh, sunset right now and um, my next door neighbour who's also a policeman came in and spoke to me and said, oh, has um, the person down the, the road spoken to you? I said, I don't even know who that is. Um, and it's like about four houses down. And apparently overnight, so last night, about 9pm, so it would have been dark. Now this guy's married, he's got uh, two young kids. And um, as some people broke into his house, uh, avoided, knew where the security cameras were, avoided the security cameras, broke into the house, went to the kitchen bench or uh, near the kitchen bench, um, grabbed the car keys and uh, stole the the car and I mean while they were in the house and they didn't didn't realize they heard some noises but didn't think too much about it and then realized that wallet had been stolen um, cars been stolen etc etc uh, so um, that that is the first crime I think to occur in our street we live in a really nice area and uh, there's some uh, some various gangs uh, that operate in our area as well, uh, not too far away from where we are, but they haven't reached into this estate, in, well, in our street anyway. And so it makes you feel a little bit unsettled, doesn't it? Now, they had security cameras, which um, the people apparently, talking to the policeman, uh, they have an idea as to uh, which group of people have been behind this. But apparently what they do is they, um, they walk up and down the street they look at where the cars are, what sort of cars they are, and, um, and you know, look for where there's cameras and all that kind of stuff, and then they come back at night. Look to break in, find the keys, get the car, and they drive it around for a while and they just uh, you know, torch it somewhere. And so it, it got me thinking about a few different th uh, situations that have happened in my, uh, my life, which I won't recount here. I've done one of them before, which is, um, I've recorded it here. I can't remember the title of it, but it's where I foiled uh, three drug, uh, drug 
dealers from abducting one of my staff members when I used to work in the corporate life. And um, yeah, that was a quite a harrowing experience. But when these things happen and your security is threatened, there's a couple of things that happen. And the first thing is that it puts you into a stressed state. You think about all range of what if scenarios. Now talking to the policeman next door, he said, look, they rarely come back and uh, you know, do that, uh, you know, go to the same house. They might come back, they steal the remote, see what's going on in the house, uh, you know, by observing, by walking past all that kind of stuff, come back later, uh, steal the car and, and that kind of stuff. Uh, but they don't normally come back over and over again. So chances are they won't go back to that place. But you could imagine having a wife, two young kids, it's just how that would make you feel. And you run through so many different what-if scenarios. What if they do come back? What if there's more of them that come back? What if they abduct the kids? What if they hurt um, you know, my wife? What if they uh, hurt me? What if they you know, burn the place down? You know, a whole range of different things that's just, just cause some sleepless nights. And so the first thing that we need to do is we need to be able to manage that state, manage that state of stress. And ultimately, what we want to do is not have this control our life. But when it's so fresh to us, we can well, naturally rethink what you did, what you didn't do, what could have happened, and what may happen in the future. But the reality is, uh, the worst case scenario very rarely happens. They're unlikely to return. They're unlikely to, to do any of those things that you come with uh, up in your head. But we can continue to relive that pattern. I've done it myself. And uh, when I spoke to my counsellor about it after the staff abduction attempt, uh, I said, well, ultimately, what I want to know is how long does it normally take to stop having these thought processes and to get through this quicker because you don't want it to control your life. Any noise you hear, uh, you think, oh, what's that? Uh, you know, you've just a heightened level of uh, awareness in your, uh, your mind and every fibre of your body and your nervous system. Uh, so the answer that I got was, well, it really depends. And that was probably the right answer to a silly question. But the tools that he gave me were really, really powerful. And here's the thing, when you get into this high strate of stress, stress uh, whether it is your security threatened or some other way, uh, there is some really simple tools that he gave me to use to help get through this much faster. And I'm gonna walk through those techniques with you right now. And the first thing was, imagine the scariest thing that you'd come across, that horrible scenario in your head and your heart's racing, um, you know, you can't think properly, uh, it's just doom and gloom. What he told me to do was take your place, yourself to a place that is your happiest place in the world, where you feel, um, and he got me to close my eyes for this, where you, and I'm gonna do it right now with you. Go to that place where you feel happy, you feel safe, and Nothing can touch you. And so for me, I came up with that pretty quickly. It was sitting under a palm tree on Four Mile Beach in Port Douglas, just feeling a little bit of ocean breeze coming in. It's a really warm day. I'm in, sitting in the shade of the palm tree. I can just hear the ocean coming up, lapping up against the sand. 
And that was my place. And it's like, yeah, I, I feel relaxed, I feel at peace, I feel really safe here. And so when I would have those moments, the idea was to just take a few deep breaths and go to that happy place. And the other thing, once you've got your happy place, is then you need to be able to interrupt the pattern of, oh, what if this happened? And what if that happened? And what I would do in my head constantly through the day, in the days following the event, was go deeper and deeper and deeper until I was, you know, like being tied to a chair and being tortured or cut or, you know, whatever. Um, But all these just weird scenarios, they just got uh, more dramatic and more dramatic based on, you know, Hollywood movies and all that kind of stuff. Now, the reality is that nothing ever happened after that event, but I kept building it up in my head. And so the longer I would think about it, the more dramatic it would get. And when I would have a moment again to think about it, I would kind of start from where I left off. And so then I'd make it even more dramatic and even more dramatic. And at night time was the worst when you put your, your head on the pillow, shut your eyes or try to for the night. And then these stories of what if scenarios start and they go over and over and over again in your head. And so what I needed to do was say, stop, stop thinking about it and go think about something else. Go to your happy place, do spend time there and try and break the cycle of it. Now, after a while, I found that I was just naturally going into this state of what if, what if, what if, without even me consciously doing it, like, you know, knowing it, it was just going there. And I can't remember exactly how long it was. I'm going to say it was probably five to seven days later where it was starting to control my productivity. It was having a really negative impact on um, you know, my days, my mindset. Uh, I was getting unnecessarily scared about things. And so I remember the day where it was, I was at home and it was building up and up in me so much. And I just said out loud, stop, stop thinking about it. And that was the first time I said it out loud to myself, because I've been saying in my head, stop thinking about it, just stop thinking about it. Um, but I was so angry at myself for keeping on thinking about it that I said it with so much emotion that from that, pretty much from that moment on, I didn't think about it again. It was just, it was done. It was like it was settled. I knew nothing was going to happen. And I thought, I'm not going to let these guys win. I'm going to take control back myself and I'm not going to think about this. And Um, I'm going to keep going to that happy place when I need to, but I'm going to just stop thinking about it and stop running those scenarios through my head. And that works really well for me. So I think there's two really cool, simple, effective techniques that you can use. You need to find a happy place. I know that sounds really simplistic, but it's really powerful when you feel unsafe and threatened. You've got to find that place where you can go to or just when you're feeling extremely, extremely stressed, which I was at that time. And you've got to be able to find a way to interrupt interrupt the patterns. And it's not going to work the first time you do it. I did it hundreds of times, I'm sure, over a five to seven day period until it just got so much for me that I said it out loud and with so much emotion that that triggered something inside me to say, yep, you're done. You've had enough of doing this now. Come on, move on. And that's what I did. The next thing 
through this process, because obviously that took me about a week or so to get over, was what you want to do pretty much straight away is you want to take back control. Because if, if for instance, you feel that, uh, well, sorry, like in the situation that I used down the end of the street where somebody's physically been into your house, criminals been into your house, stolen from you, then what you immediately want to do is take back control because you feel like your security has been threatened. You feel vulnerable. And so you want to take back that control so that no one is going to come into your fortress. No one is going to make you feel like you don't have the control. Um, The question then is, well, okay, how do we do that? So I'll tell you, the very first thing that, uh, that I did was I tightened the security that I had at my place. I already had an alarm in place, but what I decided to do uh, was put in some uh, panic buttons. Um, I had a two-story place at the time, an upstairs, a downstairs, uh, to put those in place. And um, I never needed to use them, but what it did was it gave me a sense of control back. Like that, okay, well, somebody breaks in, I press the panic button and people come running and you get out. And here's the thing, Um, I I used to work for a security company. People that are on drugs, okay, that say break into your house and they're gonna steal. People that are on drugs, they cannot stand the number of decibels that the the internal siren goes at. It it sends them all loopy and they will leave. They will just leave. Uh, So that's something to keep in mind. Um, So I I have an alarm. Uh, in my place here now, Uh, but I know that uh, that was one of the things that helped me take back some control uh, when the event happened. So I think it's going to be different for each person. Maybe for these people down the road, for instance, maybe one of the things they're thinking of doing, because they had the keys stolen and everything, what's the first thing that you would logically do? Change your locks. And maybe they'd be looking at increasing the number of locks. Um, they have security cameras. Maybe they need to think about, well, should we put more security cameras in? Should there be internal security cameras as well as external security cameras? Um, is the quality good enough? Is the lighting good enough? Like the sensor lights, um, you know, maybe as they're approaching the house, maybe if the lights came on, that would have shone uh, and shown them up a little bit better. Um, you know, there were just many different things to think about, but taking back control is really important because when somebody threatens like that, you feel like you've lost it. You've lost that control. You've lost that identity. You've lost your privacy and you kind of feel a little bit dirty. So you want to make sure that you can get that back. And I think having a look at your physical security is certainly one of those things. Now, if you're... um, Okay, here's another one uh, that I did. So uh, separate situation... Uh, I've mentioned before about the family violence and, and so forth from a, a past relationship by virtue of uh, their ex-partner uh, and uh, threats to me and, and so forth. And we got uh, legal action and everything involved. But what, So one of the things that I thought was, okay, I need to take back control as well. Because I'm a smaller person. Uh, this person was uh, you know, way, uh, way bigger than me. And it was a case of, okay, so how do I feel like I've got a sense of control? Like I've never, like I teach people boxing, like boxing for fitness. I know proper boxing technique and everything. Uh, But I was thinking more uh, kind of life and death, um, self-defense kind of things. 
Now, here's the thing, if you've never heard this before, I heard this the other day, that most fights, you know, like if you're, if you're gonna get into a fisticuff with somebody, it's most likely not going to last any more than 25 seconds, which isn't very long. But in that 25 seconds, that can be obviously the difference between life and death. So you wanna make sure that you know how to protect yourself, you need to know how to do a, simple, a few simple things. So what I did was I sought out the services of a, um, um, a really good a person that does self-defense. We did a, a number of private sessions together just to teach me some of the key things. Because at the time I'd also had some shoulder surgery, so I wanted to know how to protect myself if uh, you know, the worst came to worst because the person that was coming at me was uh, mentally unstable. And so anything was possible. There could have been weapons involved, uh, anything. So we practiced with weapons, we practiced uh, you know, just with our bodies. And um, he taught me some really fundamental things. Now, am I gonna be able to fight Karate Kid style and go into a tournament? Absolutely not. But do I know some key things to do that will save my life? Um, and the answer to that is yes. And so again, that was something that I felt that I needed to do uh, because you don't know what you don't know. And if somebody's coming at you, you wanna know what it is that you need to do in that moment rather than just turn and run away. Uh, maybe it's too late to do that and you need to find another way to deal with the situation. And so again, I just got some, uh, some training on that, got some coaching, did some practice on it so that I knew what I could do should something happen. So what is all that? Again, it's taking back control, giving you a sense of self-security because you've done what you can do in your power to take it back. Because no one has the right to make you feel insecure in uh, any situation, whether it's uh, somebody that you know, somebody that you love, like the family violence situation, or uh, whether it's a stranger that's uh, threatening you, somebody that is maybe jealous of what it is that you have and they want to take it just because, just because. Um, it's unfortunate that we live in this world, but uh, we do, and so, but we need to be able to manage our states. And because you are mentally tough, because I know you're listening to the show all the time, this is just about another skill that it doesn't matter whatever comes your way, you have a way of dealing with it. So what am I doing as a result of this event? Well, there's a couple of things because I've certainly observed when I'm down at the, the local park, that there are a lot more cars and um, people around that I haven't seen before. So uh, one of the things that I need to take a heightened awareness of is maybe I need to take some more videos of what my clients are doing so I can capture what's going on in the background. Seeing people, that kind of stuff. If there's a need to do that kind of stuff. The other thing is about um, uh, reflecting on my own security here. And so over the last uh, probably 18 months, I've, uh, I've tightened the security around here. And I won't tell you what all of those things are for my own security, uh, but I'm thinking about, okay, well, there are a couple of other measures that I could take to increase it even further. And so um, I think when events happen, you have a look and say, okay, how can I learn from this? How can I grow from this? How can I make sure that I don't experience the same scenario that somebody else has experienced? There's 
unfortunate as that is. And so um, that's what I'm doing. And even though it's only been minutes ago, literally, that uh, we had the conversation, it's like, okay, we need to do something about X, Y, Z here. We need to tighten up on that. And um, I think that, uh, actually, just as I've said that, I've just thought of another thing as well uh, that I need to do. Um, So you live and learn. You live and learn. But it's all about you having the control, not the other person. You don't want to be a victim in life. And even though you may be a victim in a moment of, um, you know, whatever it is, theft, um, attack, etc., um, you don't remain that way because you can take back the control. You can go to that safe place and you can regain your normal sense of living. So unfortunately, um, bad things happen. We just have to be strong enough to deal with it. And look, if you can go through COVID, you can go through anything. Um, I know you're tough, but like anything, we have to practice toughness. We have to keep practicing, keep challenging ourselves, keep pushing, and that's how we can become even better. So you have a great day wherever you are in the world. Stay safe. See you tomorrow.